in the Kelowna, Iowa area. He is the Ivana Regional Pastor, and um, he will be our, our speaker this morning. Welcome, Don. Good morning. I'm a stranger from another state. I'm a stranger from another state. It's just good to be here with you this morning. And it's a special morning because uh, I get to talk about something that's very, very close to my heart, especially as we talk about leadership in the church today. The, the call of our leaders, I think, is probably the most important part of what we do as far as being the people of God and calling forth those individuals who will do leadership in our churches. So I'd like to begin by reading from First Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, and then I'll read from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. It might sound like a lot of scripture, but I think it's worth it to give background. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. Isaiah chapter 6. When I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your words. 
And we thank You, Lord, for these examples of Your call upon us. As we look at it this morning, by Your Holy Spirit, give us the lessons that You would have us know, especially in light of our service this morning for Brother Luke. We ask this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our risen Savior. Amen. I'm sorry, I tear up a little bit every time we come to this passage because I think of Samuel. And if you remember Samuel's situation, his mother Hannah had wanted a child. And she'd come into the temple as a dedicated woman of the Lord, knowing that you come to the Lord with what you need, right? And ask for what you really need. And she was so fervently praying before Eli. Eli thought she was drunk. And she said, no, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just really praying hard for this baby. That the Lord will, will give me a child. Eli gives her the assurance that the child, she will have a child. And she does. Now, how many of times do you bring things to the Lord with the assurance that it's going to happen? Here's a lady who loves the Lord and knows that her prayers will be answered. She comes with that kind of heart to the temple. And what does she do when she has this child? She does exactly what she said she was going to do. She dedicated the child to the Lord and he, she puts her boy in Eli's care. Now how, moms, how hard would that be? How hard would that be? And if you put it into the context of the fact that Eli's boys weren't really towing the line very good, and you look in the next several verses and find out that actually God's going to make sure He separates the house of Eli you know, from the service of the Lord. That's pretty heavy stuff. This woman probably saw that. And she said, oh, well, but he is the priest. And I said, I'd do this. So in the midst of this context, there's this boy. And I see these young men sitting on the front bench and I see that they're, hi guys. You woke up. Yes. Cool. Can you imagine them? You, you, don't, you uh, go to Sunday school, right? Cool. And, and you sort of know the Lord already, right? Yeah, okay. Samuel didn't know the Lord. That's what Scripture makes very plain. He did not know the Lord. We don't have an age. We can't place it then. But we know that the boy was serving Eli. So every time that he heard his name being called, Samuel would make the assumption it was Eli calling. That's why he goes into the old man on the couch and says, here I am. You need something? You need a glass of water? You need walked in the other room? Do you need me to read something for you? Do you want me to sing? What do you need, Eli? I'm here to serve you. Interesting it takes this man of God, Eli, 
three times to realize, oh, whoa, 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 he's hearing something. And it's not me talking. So Eli, in his wisdom, prepares Samuel to hear the call of God. In a land where visions were few, that's what we hear in verse 1, the word of the Lord was rare. Anybody know a time like that? Yeah. He prepares Samuel to hear. And when Samuel hears the Lord, he's able to respond. Samuel would go on to be one of the greatest prophets, priests of the Old Testament. And I say that because of the several roles he played as it moved from the prophetic role to the priestly role and as he initiated the first king. He was pretty important. He responded to God. The Isaiah passage is unique. Isaiah, on the other hand, was used to hearing the Lord speak. But God needed someone not only to hear Him, but to speak His words to people who were not listening. Now many times we as preachers get the uh, opportunity to speak to crowds who don't want to listen. I wondered if they caught that one. You know, we go to church, we go to church every Sunday, and we sort of get in through the Scripture reading, and we sit down and go, boy, now I'll just shut it off until he's done, you know. Can you imagine being a prophet, being used to hearing the words, but not putting it out? In this day and age, I think we as Christians are often used to hearing God's words, but we've decided that the only one who's to speak it is the preacher. I hope we understand that if we hear the word of the Lord, we're given permission to share it. It's not just ours. He knew that he was sinful. He He brought his sin before the seraphim, and the seraphim brought a coal to touch his lips and take away his sin. Ultimately preparing Isaiah to speak. When the Lord comes asking who who he should send, Isaiah is ready and prepared. Here I am, Lord, send me. The Lord has a message for the world today. And I don't know if you've been reading the Bible very much, but I think it speaks from the very beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation. God wants to have a heartfelt relationship with every man, woman, and child. How's that message getting out? That message needs spoken. It needs to be lived, observed. 
And I believe He is preparing people to speak it. He's preparing us to speak it. I don't know whether you are in a situation where you're looking for what the Lord has for your life. But I want you to consider that the call of God is not only on a pastor, but the pastor is called to a special role within the community of faith where we're all called to have a relationship with Him. Once in a while, we're called to something else. In fact, I'd say God has gifted us in certain ways as a call. Maybe you're a truck driver. Maybe you're a school teacher. Maybe you're a theologian. God has equipped us with that call, each and every one of us. And I hope that you're accepting that call as if it's coming directly from God and that you're to live it out. Not only into your own life, but the life of your family, the life of the community around you, and hopefully into the world at one way or another. But once in a while, we need to be led. And we need those called by God set aside to do so. As I think about the call in my life, and I, and I emphasize that as a leader, If you have not got a call to do what you've been asked to do, when trials and tribulations come, there's very little to go back to to say, let's stick it out. But as long as the call of the Lord rests upon you to be somewhere, be there because the call is there. I think of my last congregation that I served. And it was interesting because I wasn't sure I wanted to go there. In fact, I was pretty sure I wasn't wanting to go there because I'd known several guys who had been pastors there. And it didn't really turn out very pretty. Five months, God worked on me to say, well, okay, I'll at least talk to the committee. And after that point, it was obvious that God had put the pieces together that we were to be there. After we joined Ivana in 2017, 2018 started coming, I realized that, you know, I'm not sure that I'm supposed to be here anymore. And I know it's probably not the smartest thing to do to leave a job with a paycheck for nothing. You know, at 63. But you do what you need to do upon the call of God. In the darkest of times, when things were not going well, the call kept me where, it need, where I needed to be. And what's interesting is, I'm starting to feel this call somewhere else, but I don't know what it is. And it might not be ministry. It might be something totally different. What I do know, that beyond anything else, when we find individuals who have prayerfully looked at what God is calling them to do, and then carefully prepared for the possibility, like Brother Luke, 
It is a privilege and honor to be part of the process of saying, yeah, not only are you called by God, and not only have you been called by this congregation to this role, but I as your peer say, yeah, God has called you. In the process of ordination, we not only examine the credentials of Luke's academics or his background as to how he's done things in the past, but I spend time with him talking and he, he gave me one of his college papers and we talked it through point by point so I know where he stands theologically and I know where his faith is with the Lord. In one way or another, then, he has come saying, here I am. Here I am for East Bend Church in Fisher, Illinois. I hope that this morning, you also will take time to listen to the call of God. And we're going to share a song this morning, 395, if you'd open your hymnals. We're going to do it a little differently than you've done it in the past, likely. And if you will give me the privilege of being the prophet, I would like to sing the prophet's role, which would be speaking God's words to you. And then you can respond with the chorus. Number 395 in your blue hymnal. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I, who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you. I, the Lord of snow and rain, I have borne my people's pain. I have wept for love of them. They turn away. I will break their hearts of stone, 
Give them hearts of love alone. I will speak my word to them. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will. I, the Lord of wind and flame, I will tend the poor and lame. I will set a feast for them. My hand will save. I will provide till their hearts be satisfied. I will give my life to them. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I Today is significant for many persons, especially for Luke and Ellen, his wife, for the Rosenberger family, for the East Bend congregation. But I would also say it's an important day for God's people in this community, but also across the church. Today, in one way or another, we are acknowledging and also affirming what God has been doing in your life, Luke and in the life of East Bend these last two years, and ultimately in the life of God's people. We have a couple of uh, video testimonies that we would like to show at this time. Good morning, everyone. I hope this video finds you well and the Lord is blessing you in all ways and that he is keeping you in his hands and that your congregation and your community are safe and healthy in these crazy times that we're in. I want to take a moment just to share my heart about Luke and Ellen and the blessing that it will be for you and your congregation to have him as 
your pastor. Uh, we shared our life with them for six years on the mission field in Nicaragua and spent many nights and days together, many nights, many days. In fact, some days, 30 hours worth of not eating because that Luke thought that would be cool to have teenagers not eat for 30 hours. It was fun. Or hiking up volcanoes in the pouring rain for 12 hours with a bunch of middle schoolers. That's always fun. So those are activities that you guys may get to look forward to as Luke leads your church and your congregation. But on a serious note, I want to say how much we love Luke and Ellen. I love their heart for the Lord. I love their heart for people. And I believe God that, that God has used them in many ways. And I think in this new season of their life, he will continue to use them to bless so many people. Luke is one of the highest character people that I know. He is full of compassion, full of love for God, and full of love for God's people. I think his knowledge and his understanding of the scriptures are incredible. And I believe that his ability to teach in such a formidable way and an understanding of the scriptures will bless anyone that sits under his leadership. So I want to thank you guys for this opportunity. I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you. And I thank you for this time to share our hearts about my heart and my wife's heart about Luke and Ellen. Love you guys. And I pray God's richest blessings upon you. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord, Lord cause his face to shine upon you and bring you peace. Well, this um, Dr. Winnick was a professor of Luke's, and he sent in a video, but it didn't or it didn't work, so he sent in something written and asked if I could read it. He says, Luke Rosenberger, man of God, devoted husband, father, and godly pastor, it is my sincere privilege to be asked to make a small contribution to the ordination service of Pastor Luke. I've known him for almost five years, and I've noticed what many of you have. He is first and foremost a devoted servant of Jesus Christ. Luke's tenure as a missionary educator as well as his lifelong service to Christ has de have demonstrated this reality over the years. In addition, he is a man of wisdom. He married Ellen. <laughs> I don't know why he asked me to read that. Okay. <laughs> together, together they are a potent force for the advance of God's kingdom by means of the loving and godly model they provide of marriage and family. The very fact that they have almost six children vindicates that they are people of patience, kindness, and service. While Ellen is a superlative wife and mom, Luke is willing to do whatever it takes to show both his bride and his kids the love of Christ on a day-to-day -day basis. May the Lord use him to encourage all the people of the church in this regard. Last but not least, Luke is a dedicated pastor and teacher. He loves the Church of God, something not in fashion during these days of overt polarization and ecclesial de deconstruction. Luke gets that the leaders of the church must love it and its people, as Paul told those Ephesian elders so many centuries ago in Acts 20. 
May the Lord give him a long and blessed tenure in this parish to which he has been called as pastor. Scott Winnick. The center of history is Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his ministry, his teaching, his death, and his resurrection. 2,000 years later, generation leads to generation to put the life and teaching of Jesus into a context of today. Each generation has that hope of Jesus. Proclamation of the Word made flesh is an important part of that process. Today we affirm the call of God on Luke. We have been blessed to see Luke grow into the calling he now has to be a leader to the current generation, to encourage the next ones to live their lives centered on Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his ministry, his teaching, his death, his resurrection through the power of the Holy Spirit. We affirm the call of Luke to minister the word and life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Luke, you were made on purpose for a purpose. In Matthew 6:33 it says, "But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." Luke, you have been called by God. For this time, it is evident in your love for others. Trusting in him alone, following him, listening to him and serving him in all that you do and say, "Jesus is your Lord." and you seek only him. Your growth in the Lord is evident. It has taken much hard work for you to get to this place of ordination. We, his parents, are very proud of you, and I'll speak for the Rosenberger family as well. Your sermon growth is obvious, and we know that he equips those that he calls. Graphics, songs, scriptures, all interwoven with your background as part of the process of sermons. The future is his, and we trust in him for his provision for you. God made you, Luke, one of a kind. Pretty amazing. Celebrating his good work in you today. There is evidence of goodness all over your life. Of his goodness. His goodness. I'll read that again. There is evidence of his goodness all over your life. Second Peter 3.18 says this. But continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. We commit to pray for you and your family and your commitment to Jesus. We love you, Luke.
Oh. Hey, Luke. This is a big day for you, and I'm glad. I'm glad that this day has finally come. And you know what? I really commend uh, your denomination for recognizing uh, the gifts and, and talents that you have as you're approaching this ordination day. And all of the folks at your church there at East Bend, East Bend Mennonite Church, uh, thank you very much for embracing Luke and Ellen and the whole family, and also recognizing in Luke this, uh, this gift of pastoral ministry, uh, which, which I think he has. I know he has. Um, you're probably wondering, who in the world is this bald guy? My name is Dan Elliott. I am a, an associate pastor back in Denver, Colorado, at a, at a church called South Fellowship. We're actually located in Littleton. And uh, Luke and Ellen were very involved here at South for a number of years while Luke was going through seminary. And I had the privilege of being able to be involved in a mentoring relationship with uh, Luke uh, through the seminary. And I would say uh, it was a co-mentoring relationship. I don't look at it as me mentoring Luke. I look at both of us as being able to speak into each other's lives. And I'm really glad for that opportunity that I was able to have with Luke to learn from him and also he to learn from me. Uh, and, and now, Luke, here you are on this day in which you are being ordained, in which you are being recognized as a pastor, and I would say minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your church. I'm excited for your denomination, because I think you're going to bring some wonderful things in, in the course of this. Um, you know, I was trying to think, what do I share at an ordination service like this? And here we are. Here I am far away. Um, just a, hopefully these are simple thoughts. I hope I don't get too carried away, Luke. Uh, you know, sometimes I can. But, um, you know, I was, I was thinking back, I just heard someone, a good friend of mine was talking about the book, uh, Good to Great. Good to Great. Uh, that was a pretty popular book a while ago. And to tell you the truth, I forget how many years ago. Um, you know, but it's been around for a while. And it's really a book that's looking at corporations, leadership styles in corporations, and especially those corporations that kind of made the transition from being a good business to being a great business. And uh, what was involved in that? And I remember that, if I'm remembering correctly, the author said there were kind of like five different levels of involvement within these corporations that eventually became great. But he was kind of interested in what's that one at the top, the, the leadership level, uh, the, the CEO, whatever you want to call them. What were some of the characteristics that were involved in a, in a great corporation? And he kind of boiled it down to two. Two simple characteristics, which almost go counterintelligent when you think of big business and corporations. The first one was humility, being humble. And as this guy did his surveys of these great corporations, he found almost without exception, the, the person at the top was extremely humble, which he was surprised to find. He kind of thought there he had to be a narcissistic kind of jerk to be able to lead some of these companies. But instead he found, no, these people were humble. They were at the leadership. And that humility kind of worked over and, and spread throughout the rest of uh, the folks involved in the company. Uh, the second level or second area characteristic was uh, these men and women who led these corporations had a passion for what they were doing. Uh, they, they saw an importance in it. They were excited about it. And it filled them with just a, a zest for, for their company. And that spread throughout. So show humility and, and a passion uh, and excitement for the importance of what they were doing. And Luke, I, I would just say, 
you know, the church is no different. I, I, I hate to think of us as a corporation, and I don't. I think of us more as a family. I think of the church as a, as a community of Jesus Christ followers. And yet within that community, you know, you're going to have a big impact on what the characteristic and, uh, and the style of the church that you work in. And I think it's very important, those two characteristics, humility and realizing humbly, wow, God has given you everything you've got, Luke, and you've got a lot. Uh, you've got a lot of family, which I think is terrific. And, uh, you know, I love seeing that. It was great to see you just recently and to see Ellen and to see the, the kids. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's amazing to me. When I saw your little daughter just in your arms and she was just all smiles, you know, that is terrific. And to see that another one's on the way. Anyway, God has really blessed you, Luke. And to humbly receive that and to humbly receive the fact that he's put you in this church. He's given you, um, yeah, a responsibility for these people. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Humility, realizing that God's the one who's kind of prepped the skids for you as, you as you approach this task of being ordained into the pastoral ministry. But then also just having that passion for what you do. And, and I have to admit, you know, there are some days, yes, I don't have the passion for what I'm doing. There are some days where I'm just downright tired. And there are other days where I'm downright discouraged. And I kind of lose sight of um, just the fact that God is in this. God is the one who's working. Um, I think one of the keys to humility and to passion is just what Jesus told us in Matthew 22. When he was kind of challenged by some, some Pharisees that came, they wanted to test him. And they said, well, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds in Matthew 22, I think it's verse, uh-oh, I should have written this down. I think it's verse 37. I may be wrong in that. Um, wait a minute. I've got to look it up. Okay. Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Ha, it was verse 37. Boy, sometimes I surprise myself. Um, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second one is just like this. But you must love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hinge the whole law and the prophets. Uh, I think, I think that's so important, Luke, that we follow what Jesus has, has kind of led for us there, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind. And I think as we as we just seek so much to to be drawn in personally into that relationship with God, it it keeps us humble. It keeps us humble and it keeps us full of passion. And then as we love our neighbor. But you know what? Sometimes we say that, love God, love others. And we kind of miss that little thing that Jesus added, which really the Old Testament had from the very beginning, which says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I think a healthy self-awareness is always important. And again, that's where that humility comes. Um, when I think of who I am, so much is tied in with, with Carrie, my wife. So much is tied in there. And, and so the same thing with you, Luke. Being able to accept who you are, who Ellen is, who your kids are, and pour into that and, and be grateful for that and love yourself, your family. And then, and then I think it frees you to love others and to really just pour upon the folks in your church, the folks in your neighborhood. Love God, love others as you love yourself. Yeah, and I, and I believe that that will go a long way to helping you with that whole aspect of humility and, and passion.
But there, but there's one thing that I would just share in, in closing. And that is, like I said, some days I can find myself questioning and saying, wow, and what I doing? Is, is it really important when you really boil everything down? Am I really making a difference where I am? Luke, I know you're going to have some of those days. So I want to share um, a verse that I came across this morning. I mean, it's a verse that I read over and over, but you know what? I read it in the message, Eugene's, Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase, and it just made it come alive. Ephesians 1 Right at the end of Ephesians 1. Um, let, me, let me read these verses for you. I'm going to back up a little bit just to give you the context. Um, God raised Christ from the death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name, no power is exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. That's important. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Now listen to this. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he speaks fills everything with his presence. Luke, I just want you to know, as you, as I, as all of us step into this ministry called pastoring and stepping into the church, uh, many times, boy, we can just feel the pressures of the culture around us and we feel, are, are we really making a difference, a dent? Is this really important? And what it tells me right here is, yeah, the culture of this world, the, the church is not peripheral to that. But the culture of the world is peripheral to the church because the church has this integral part in, that's so important in stepping into our world, into our culture, to bring about a difference that Jesus Christ so much wants to see. That he, that he planned way back, way back when the, the garden was put together, way back when yeah, we said no to him at that point. But, but he has so much for us and for this world around us. Yes, what you're doing is important, Luke. And so I want to challenge you on that. Uh, on those days when you're kind of saying, oh, I'm tired, does this make any difference? Hey, open up to Ephesians 1, especially in the message. And just be reminded again, yeah, the church is not peripheral to what's going on around us. It, all that stuff going on around us is peripheral to the church. And the church is called to step into that and make a difference. So I guess be encouraged with that, Luke. And as you're being ordained today, realize, yeah, the bottom line is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Be humble and be filled with passion in what you do. Hey, Luke, thanks so much for inviting me to share a few words with you. I love you, guy. And I'm excited for this ongoing ministry that you're having. And hey, everybody there at East Bend, enjoy your pastor and have a good time with his family. Hey, we'll be praying for you. Bye-bye now. The importance of testimonies like that is the fact that these are folks that have known Luke a long time, especially Dan and Judy. They've known him a long time. Uh, they testimony, their testimonies ring my own, even though I've only known you for two years. 
And this day changes things a bit. It's a day of consecration, celebration, and commitment. You're no longer licensed. We no longer think you're all right. We're saying you're all right. You're ordained by the power of the Holy Spirit for the pastoral ministry here at East Bend Congregation within the network of Ivana. However, wherever, and how God calls you to do that ministry. Luke, the reality is God's been at work in your life for a long time. He's been calling you since child towards this role, this call that He has prepared for you. In recent years, God and the people of God have affirmed your gifts, as we just heard on those testimonies. Your gifts of leadership, your gifts of ministry within the community of faith, but also into the mission that God has in the world. The years for which you were licensed were your time of test of that inner call and the call of God's people. You grew in your understanding of pastoring, and now you have sort of a sense of what that is and what God is calling you to. Today we celebrate that particular call and to this particular ministry. So I would like to have you and Ellen come forward at this time because I've got some questions for the two of you. And do we have a microphone that we can use for them? I'll let you guys stand on this side because I know Ellen will sneak up over there in a little bit. Luke, I've got a couple questions for you and then one for you, Ellen. Luke, do you today renew your baptismal vows and commit to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, who through the Holy Spirit baptizes you with water and with fire and gives spiritual gifts to all for ministry? Do you? Yes. Yes. Luke, do you accept the call of this faith community as a call from God? Do you commit yourself to this congregation to be God's representative among them, both unafraid to lead and willing to live in mutual accountability with them? Yes. Yes. Do you promise to devote yourself to prayer, Bible study, and to the spiritual disciplines so that you grow in God's Word and wisdom? You may become, that you may become an agent of mercy and justice? Are you willing to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to work with the elders and the members of the congregation so that the body of Christ might be spiritually equipped into the likeness of Jesus? Will you commit yourself to support the church and maintain an open spirit which is ready to receive and give counsel within the congregation as well as within the broader church? Yes, I do. Ellen, Luke has been called to serve as an ordained minister at East Bend Congregation. We also recognize that you have many gifts. I heard you this morning. You have many gifts to share as a member here. Pastoring is a calling, and consequently, your life will be greatly affected by the covenant that Luke is making here this morning with this congregation. Will you encourage Luke to use his pastoral gifts? Will you support him as is mutually, fit, mutually fitting in Christ? Yes, I will. Ellen, 
Would you share some of your gifts with us this morning? Sure. Is this the time for this? This is the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You must stand over here, Luke. We can stand that long. favorite songs he has a lot but um, it's a prayer and it's a, a song that gives a worth where it's due which is all to Christ
As a congregation, we've heard your promises, you two, and what you've drawn us into with the song as well. It calls us to also give of ourselves as the Lord calls us forth. Now, on behalf of these brothers and sisters here at East Bend, and on behalf of the Ivana Network of Congregations, we ordain you, Luke, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we commit this congregation into your spiritual care. Brothers and sisters, do you accept your role in setting apart Luke for ministerial leadership? Will you honor his call and your own? Will you search the Scriptures and pray with Him? Will you speak the truth in love to Him? Will you join Him in mission? If you accept this call, would you please stand? If you would please, turn in your hymnals to number 795. 795. We will... Read the dark print. Ellen and Luke, if you'd lead those the commissioned print, and then we'll all conclude together. Shall we responsibly read? In company with your faithful people in every age, we have called out those with gifts for service, O God. Fill them with the love of Christ and the power of the Spirit as they carry out the church's ministry. Grant us, grant us wisdom, wisdom, patience, and hope when as we falter. Give us joy in serving your church and keep us faithful to this calling. For the ministries taking form within us and for all the callings yet to be, we praise you, O Lord. Amen. I would like to, you may be seated, call the elders and uh, the Rosenbergers forward at this time, Dan and Judy, if you'd like to join us, for a time of prayer. And the way I'd like to operate is, you know, have you guys in the middle, you're sort of the center point here, and then the rest of us will come around as close as we feel that we can, and we'll use the microphone for our prayers. And I invite you to pray as you're led. And then I'll close that time. Is this on? You did, didn't you? So I'll let you pass this among you. And then I'll close this time in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for Luke and for Ellen and for their family. For the calling you've placed in his life and for the calling you've placed in our lives to bring him here. We just thank you for his gifts. Help us as a congregation to just support him fully. Amen. God, give us the strength, the courage, and the loving hearts and minds to support Luke and Ellen during this uh, time of their ministry and unify us with your spirit as we serve together 
to answer the call in each one of our lives. Lord, we just want to thank you for Luke and Ellen here to serve at this time and this place, and uh, we thank you for their gifts. Uh, we pray especially for uh, spiritual wisdom as he leads and uh, the gift of compassion uh, for others and love, and yet still mixing that with a balance of truth. Uh, we thank you for those qualities that you have in, in Luke, and we pray that you would continue to develop those uh, in, in the future of his ministry. We serve a risen Savior who is in the world today. We know that he is living no matter what others say. Jesus, this is your time, and we are standing here as putting another step, a um, pillar in Luke and Ellen's life of knowing that you are stepping forth in new ways within this body. We love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we want to serve our neighbor. Go before us, Lord, for you are the future. You are the future that we can trust within this body and with Luke and Ellen as they are um, leaders in this group. And we all need each other as a team to serve you mightily in these days. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us enough to call us to yourself. We thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that you sent your only Son into this world to show us what real true love is and we thank you for giving us a privilege to be a part of your kingdom heavenly father now out of all of us you've called luke to this time and to this place and to this ministry and we thank you for the formation that you've done in his life we also thank you for the way your spirit is evident in his life. Heavenly Father, I pray your blessing upon this precious couple, upon their family, and upon the ministry that you've called them to here. By your Holy Spirit, guide them forth in ways that are unexplainable by human terms, but truly lead others to you, Lord. And may this day be a day that they remember not only your favor upon them, but as the community surrounds them, they remember how many people can testify to your love in their lives. Lord, thank you for Luke. Thank you for Ellen and their ministry here. Guide them every step of every day in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now before you guys break up, here. This is a hallmark moment. You might want to take a picture. But I have something I want to mark the day with. And rather than inscribe anything on this, I'm bringing it 
in its present state. Now, when I think of posts, I think of Ebenezer's. And I think of hedge posts. You've come this far by faith. So you can take this as an Ebenezer. Or you can take it as it's formed. It is a shepherd's crook. And this is not a dime store model. This is actually a working... Used in, it's used in competition in shepherding. And it, it's imported. It, it's, uh, it's not a dime store copy. So I guess if you ever not, aren't a pastor, you could do that professionally. <laughs> I, I give it to you for two reasons. One, to remember Psalm 23. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. He leads you beside still waters. And His rod and staff will comfort you. The second piece is, you've been called to this congregation to be a shepherd. And that means at times you may have to tap gently along the side of someone. You may have to use the crook. I hope not, but it is your job, and God bless you in it. Thank you so much. Now let's share as a congregation in closing hymn.